dental health aid therapist in Alaska, addressing unmet needs and reviving competition in dental care. You're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, your host, and with me today is Ruth Balwig, Physician Assistant and Director of the MedEx Northwest Physician Assistant Program at the University of Washington School of Medicine. Today we're discussing the Dentex Dental Health Aid Therapist Program. Hi, Ruth. Welcome to ReachMD. Thanks. Good to be here. Ruth, let's start by discussing the oral health problems in Alaska. Tell us about the current state of dental care and the main barriers to dental treatment. Right. So the issue we're really talking about is oral health care for Alaska Native communities in the villages in remote areas of Alaska, where there are a number of unique problems. One of the obvious ones being the difficulty getting dentists and dental hygienists to visit these rural communities, which are extremely remote. A second one being sort of nutrition issues. For example, one of the concerns in many of the parts of the world is the distribution of cola and soda drinks, those sorts of things, as a replacement for infant formula. So those sorts of things have really contributed particularly to awful oral health status of young children. There's also been historically the problem that I think even in the lower 48, we don't think of dental caries as being a communicable disease, and it actually is. And so when you see people engaged in, I think what was used, the term is saliva-sharing activities, grandparents pre-chewing children's uh, food to allow them to chew it, the dental disease, the infections in the grandparents' and parents' mouth get passed down to the children, and that results in dental caries. So a variety of those issues have resulted in the Alaska Bush community having the highest rates of dental disease of any place in the United States. Where did the idea of a dental health therapist come from? Well, the dental therapist was originally created in New Zealand in about 1916. And so it's been around a long time. There are dental therapists in many places, particularly in many countries, particularly around the Pacific Rim. And there have been studies that have been done about them from the very beginning with wonderful outcomes. The idea being uh, that a dental therapist is in many ways sort of like a dental PA. They're not a dental hygienist. They're not a dental assistant. They actually do primary care dental procedures with the supervision of a dentist. And in New Zealand, every school has its own dental therapist, just like schools have school nurses like we used to have in the U.S. before the budget cuts. Anyway, with the plan being that no child would leave the school year with any cavities. They would all have been taken care of during the year. And and as we all know as clinicians, your subsequent health in general often depends on having good oral health throughout your life. So the country of New Zealand had identified that this was an investment that was very well worth making. So dental therapists work in the public environment in New Zealand, as well as many other countries where they've been well accepted. So how did medics get involved with dental therapists in Alaska? Well, I think we got involved in several ways. First of all, we have been working with Alaska tribal communities since our beginning, actually. And since 1981, we have been working to recruit people that have been community health aides uh, for training as physician assistants. And they've done their clinical training back in their home communities and their regional Indian Health Service hospitals and so forth. So we fortunately have this long relationship with these groups of people that we're very proud of and we feel very involved with them. 
and they trust us, so that's important. When this idea began, and the first plan was, and the first activity that happened was sending some Alaska people to be trained as dental therapists in New Zealand. Of course, everyone recognized that that was a long way to go. People said to the medics program, can you help us with this? Because not that we're experts on dentistry, but we are, as is every PA program, an expert on training, whether we like the term mid-levels or not, that's the idea, competency-based training, working with adult learners, that sort of thing. And so the Alaska Native Tribal Health Consortium, which represents all the tribes in Alaska, asked us to provide them some technical assistance. I don't think we originally thought that we would become as involved in it as we did, but that was sort of the original thing. If we're talking about mid-level providers, we got to talk to the medics program. Well, the original PAs from medics had the title MX. Any talk of the dental therapists as DX? Well, we've actually in Alaska called the program up there Dentex, and that's what it says on all the brochures. And I think Of course, one of our long-term hopes is that this model would be perpetuated in the lower 48 because we feel it has a huge potential for healthcare access. And because the term dental therapy is kind of a confusing word, I think there's some people that would like to see it called Dentex because, of course, that also has implies the relationship with dentists. In other words, that Dentex would be seen as dental extenders. Sounds familiar. Yeah, it does. (laughs) So tell us about the progress of the program. The progress of the program was that the first group of students went to New Zealand and 12 of them completed the program, a two-year program looking very much like a PA program, meaning a year of classroom and a year of clinical. They came back, and in the meantime, we had a contract, a foundation grant, to actually develop the curriculum, not necessarily thinking that we would actually offer the program ourselves. And then there was funding from the Kellogg Foundation And ultimately, we became a partner with the Alaska Native Tribal Health Consortium in offering this because the dental school was not allowed to do this. There was pressure brought to bear on them by the Washington State Dental Association. So it became our program, at least in terms of managing it. Two-year program, the first students graduated a year ago, exactly, almost a year ago, and there were four of them. The second class will graduate next week. We're excited about that. There are six people in that class. There are seven people in the class that will follow them to begin their clinical training. And then we've chosen, I believe, seven people for the fourth class. The idea is that they do their first year of didactic training in Anchorage. There's a special facility that's been built for them by Alaska Native Tribal Health Corporation. We manage that from the standpoint that we find faculty people from the lower 48, some of whom are from the University of Washington dental faculty, who can go up there and deliver specialized content. There are two dentists there that are the faculty up there. So we're not pretending to be the experts on the dental subject, but we are experts, obviously, on training mid-levels. We have a dentist on our faculty here in Seattle who's really taken the leadership in developing the curriculum. The students go... Then for their second year of training out in Bethel, Alaska, which is off the road system out in the middle of the tundra, it's a a regional center that services over 50 villages, and the students do their second year of full-time clinical training, again, much like a PA program, in a clinic in Bethel where they're supervised by a series of dentists who provide the clinical oversight. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and I'm speaking with Ruth Balweg, 
Physician Assistant and Director of the Medics Northwest Physician Assistant Program at the University of Washington School of Medicine. And we're discussing the Dentex Dental Therapist Program. So Ruth, is this a program a degreed program? No, it is a certificate program at the moment. The idea is that the students would be in this program are high school graduates. Many of them have some clinical background in dentistry. They may have been dental assistants. They may have been workers in the community working with school-age children, a variety of different backgrounds. But they're local folks, and they complete this two-year program. They practice then with a very narrow scope of practice under the supervision of a dentist. So at the moment, it's not a degree program, and that's partly what's appealing about it is it's very narrowly focused. It's about training local people with the assurance they'll stay there because, as we know, the more elevated degrees people have, the more likely they are, just in general, to migrate to urban centers. How did the students get selected for the program? We use the same selection process we use for the PA program, which is a Peace Corps interview They are, first of all, selected by their health corporations who agree to provide some funding for them while they're in school and agree to hire them afterwards. So they nominate them, essentially. They're interviewed in Anchorage by a combination of people here from the medics program, some dentists in Alaska, some tribal health leaders. Each person is interviewed by six people. And then the decision is made about who will be in the program. And when they finish the program, is there any exam, licensing, certification? What happens to them is they fall under the federal legislation in Alaska for community health aides, which there's a whole system of community health aides that provides primary care throughout the Bush villages. The community health aid program has a governing board that's responsible for regulating community health aides, and they also regulate the dental therapists. So if this profession were to be replicated in the lower 48, there would be licensing issues, obviously, regulatory issues that would be worked out at the individual state level. So what are the first four graduates doing now? What role are they serving in the community? So they are back in their villages. By the way, when we think of villages in Alaska, we may be talking about a community of 500, 1,000 people. So they are in their communities. Some of them serve more than one community. So they may serve two or three villages, and they may be in one week, the second one, the second week, the third one, the third week, and then they complete the rotation. Or they may be in a regional center where people come in to see them from very small villages. They do dental exams, obviously. Basically, their goal is to basically have a dental chart on every child in all of those villages, including an initial dental exam, treatment planning, so forth. They also spend a lot of time doing prevention. About half of their job is designed to be prevention. So that means teaching people about oral health issues, going to school and actually leading the kids and all brushing their teeth after lunch, coming up with teaching opportunities in in the villages, not just in the schools, but in organizations that have parents and grandparents in them. So it's a mix of actually doing simple dental procedures which includes, by the way, extraction of teeth, restorations, as well as this prevention focus. And what have the outcomes been so far? There has been a study that was commissioned to review the first dental therapist. The final study has not yet been released, first dental therapist, meaning the people that went to New Zealand. What we do know is that the New Zealand therapists were researched and followed from the very beginning, beginning in 1916. And there is a lot of data that exists about the successful outcomes with dental health therapists and this dental therapy model, 
that's been reviewed as this material has been presented in the last year at a number of national dental conferences. Let's talk for a minute about some of the legal obstacles that the dental therapist program faces. In 2008, the American Dental Association and the Alaskan Dental Society filed a suit claiming that they were practicing without a license, which is required under the Alaska Dental Practice Act. Tell us about that and the outcome. Well, it was a very painful experience for everyone, I think. And I think sort of starting with that, it's important to know that the American Dental Association has opposed the idea of dental therapists from the very beginning because they are concerned about patient safety issues. They're concerned about supervision. It's many of the issues that came up with dental hygiene originally. And I have to say, as a PA, what's interesting about it is it reminds us very much of the 40-year-old history that PAs and NPs have had being accepted. So there were credibility issues. There were all these kinds of things. I also think that there are people in the dental, organized dentistry, who worry about this dental therapist moving into mainstream dental care. And so it's an interesting argument about whether dental therapists should be restricted to public sorts of settings, for example, community health centers, Indian tribal groups, those sort of things, or should they really be a mainstream model? And Well, I think altruistic people might say, let's plan on using them exclusively in public settings, just like uh, in the original PA and NP movements. It was only when we moved into the mainstream practice that everybody saw that PAs and NPs could take care of everybody across the socioeconomic span. And so I would not be surprised eventually if it would be quite common for every primary care dentist to have a dental therapist or several dental therapists in the same way that they have dental hygienists. Well, the suit ended up being dropped. And while Alaska is attempting to meet the needs of their native population with the dental therapist, Minnesota has been working to address its dental shortage needs using oral health practitioners or training oral health practitioners. Tell us about this model. That model is a little different. It's exciting also. And I think that those of us who are promoting alternative careers in the oral health world are excited to be supportive of other models as well. So the model in Minnesota has to do with taking essentially the dental hygiene model, which is a two-year program usually at the master's level, and adding to it a third year, which essentially is the dental therapist curriculum content. So while dental hygienists don't traditionally do, haven't done restorations and extractions, they are already trained, obviously, in local anesthetics and a lot of other things. So the idea is that you would add another year and create this sort of hybrid person who does primary care dentistry. Well, we look forward to seeing how your program progresses, and we thank you for coming on the show and sharing the information with us, Ruth. Thank you. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at ReachMD.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts. And you can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And thank you for listening.